0: Hey, this is H1, and we're about to be running it back with another episode, learning about chess knowledge, chess wisdom, chess understanding. Chess knowledge, chess wisdom, chess understanding. I'm just getting a hype for this episode because I am going to be talking about blitz versus classical. What are the differences? Why do you play differently in classical than blitz? So that's what I'm going to be doing. And before I get into it, I just wanted to plug my Instagram. And if you're on Instagram right now, then you can see that I'm doing a live video right now with this podcast. So please follow me on Instagram if you want to see some early content. Um, My Instagram is h1chess. I'm on Facebook, which is Chess Knowledge with H1. I'm on YouTube. Hopefully, I reach my YouTube goals pretty soon. And I know that you will support me. I know that uh, some of you have already reached out to me. It was like, dang, your YouTube is cold. But anyway, um, my YouTube is Chest Knowledge with H1. So here we go. Already plugged in my stuff. Let's get to the next segment. Hey, I'm glad that you can be here to learn about Blitz and classical time controls and to learn about the differences between those two. But before you learn about the differences between those two, I'm going to have to explain them singularly. And let's get into it. So Blitz Chess. Blitz Chess is usually a time control um, that is between three minutes to five minutes. And some Blitz Chess nowadays that is played in modern chess has an increment and an increment is basically every time you do a move on the board you get an extra second so for example you might hear time controls that are like three plus one which means three minutes of the game and then every move you make you get one second extra or for another example you might see a time control that is five plus three which means for the game you have five minutes to play but for every move you get three seconds extra now there is a big difference between games with an increment and games without an increment let me explain so chess games with an increment you can never run out of time well i can't say never because there is always a way to run out of time if you're not mindful of the increment but if you play fast enough then you will not run out of time Because you always get that second or seconds. And in chess games without an increment, you're more probable of running out of time. So, you got to keep mindful of that every time you're playing chess games. Now, some people like to live off the increment. And those people, you can even, it's so ridiculous living off the increment. I remember in my days, just trying to play chess and then I'm living off this one second increment, which is really hard to live off of because it's one second. That means that you have to pre-move every move. And it's not like three seconds. I could do a regular move with three seconds, but if you have a one second increment, you really have no time to think at all. So it's better not to live off the increment, but to actually manage your time efficiently. If you don't manage your time efficiently, then your opponent will definitely take advantage of that because there is such thing as a time advantage in chess. And if your opponent has a time advantage, let me just give you an example. Let me give you a real life game example that I pretty much experienced. I've had an experience where I was playing this online game, beautiful position, beautiful. And I thought long and hard about it. It was It was a three plus two game. But then you realize something. Then you realize, why did this game turn to crap? (laughs) And you know what happened to that beautiful position? This is what happened. My opponent still had two minutes. And I had 30 seconds. And we only hit move 12. That means that I spent all my time in the opening trying to do a variation that I didn't know about which I worked it out and I got a good position but if I don't have enough time to finish the game then it's 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 a waste it's trash it's garbage and then you just sit there reviewing your game just like wow I could have won that I could have won that but I lost in time. And those were the most stressful games to acknowledge that you could have just won a beautiful game if you would have managed your time correctly. So do not live off the increment unless you're built for it, because there are some people that is built for it. For example, um, what's his name? Uh, There are some grandmasters that is built for it, um, I can't think of none right now, but I definitely will think of some in the next segment and I will bring it out. But there are some grandmasters who are like, man, I can get with it. I got a 30 second increment and that's more, that's usually for classical, but they're with it. They're with it. And they can do it for blitz too. And those people are built differently. Let me explain. Those people are built differently because their intuition is on a higher level than the average person. And when your intuition is on a, a higher level you can do that that's why when you're ahead in time you don't try to do faster moves to get them off of their game you try to do the best moves the strong impactful moves to get their off their game not the most um, speedy move so there you go there you have it what blitz is and if you have any more questions then you know you can always contact me on instagram you feel me Do you feel me? Okay, okay, let's get to the next segment. Okay, let's get to it. This is the waiting room segment. Chess jokes by H1. And the joke of today is, I had lunch with a chess champion the other day. I knew he was a chess champion because it took him about 20 minutes to pass the salt. About 20 minutes because he's a chess champion because chess champions are apparently slow. I don't I don't support these stereotypes. We don't always play slow chess. You know what? Look up speed chess. The next time you think about a chess player, I just want you to see somebody who is playing chess in 30 seconds. Look that up. It's called Ultra Bullet because I don't support these. These jokes are they're an insult to the chess community because we're not just all old people that are in their 90s playing chess in an hour. Okay. You know what? Let me get back in my voice. Okay. But anyway, thank you for listening. So, there are some unfinished business that I needed to get to. And the unfinished business was that... There were people that I didn't name in the the segment before this that I should have named because I know about chess a lot and I can't think about it on the spot. So two people that I know certainly that live off the increment is Alexander Grishuk and Ben Feigl, but I know that Alexander Grishuk does it repeatedly and he's one of the best blitz players in the whole world. So those are the people. I I just didn't want to leave y'all hanging. But let me just talk about my experiences playing Blitz games online and in person. Because I played a tournament before that was in person. So online Blitz games, they are really fun. They are really fun. I played tournaments, all these things. I even played a tournament online that was just in a a certain opening. Um, I, I think I played the Halloween Gambit tournament online on lead chess. That was that was pretty interesting. But playing bliss games online on leechess or chess.com is really fun, really good, gets your mind going, and it's fast. You don't have to sit around all day. And usually my favorite time control is to is to play three plus two. And five five plus three is good, but if I'm playing five plus three, I might as well just go to ten minutes because you know i, I the longer the time control the better your chess will be so i rather play rapid if i'm gonna play five three but i if i want to play fast i'm playing three plus two and i usually play with an increment because i hate even though i talk about it a lot even though i talk about it a lot i hate finessing people on on no increment let me give you the reason why and I know a lot of people is probably going to be against me. I don't know, but I want to finish the game out with knowing that I beat you in the position. Not that I beat you in time, but in the position. Not that I beat you because we was both under time pressure and we were just doing these inaccurate, dumb moves just to throw each other off time. Man, have you know what happened today? I was playing blitz. I was playing a blitz game, and I lost against my opponent, and I lost against my opponent, I had zero time left, and they had 0.20 seconds left, uh, not 0.20 0.20, so like half a second left, how do you have half a second left, and you won, and that's why I hate it, because if I had the increment, then we can finish out the position, and that position wasn't even lost, I had an extra rook, and they just won with the extra pawn, I hate that. I hate that a lot because it's not real chess. You don't learn anything from that. You just learn how to finesse your opponent. But in real chess, classical chess, slow thinking about it, it it gives so much depth into the game. So many things you can calculate, so many things you can do candidate moves on, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and I will go more into classical games in the future. But anyway, Let's move on to how we can get better at Blitz. And I set out five things, how we can get better and increase our Blitz rating. So here we go. The first thing, do a lot of tactic puzzles. Do a lot of tactic puzzles. And let me explain this because it might just be simple. I might just be like saying this and you might just be thinking, oh, I already know this h one I already know this. I know that I should be doing a lot of tactic puzzles on the meantime. But let me explain a little bit deeper. So, what happens in a real chess game when you're playing a speed chess, you have to get these patterns in your head. You have to get these patterns in your intuition so that when things so that when things are on fire, when things are burning, heating up, you have to become the firefighter. And release the water to put down the fire <laughs> if that makes sense you gotta you have to make sure that you are ready to be flexible and sometimes you don't have time to calculate it in a blitz game so you got to get your mind ready for every every single circumstance in a blitz game tactic bus tactic puzzles will help out with that um there are free tactic puzzles on LeadChess.org. You can get a membership on Chess.com. They have more exact um, rated tactic puzzles. There's more on Chess Tempo that is free. You can do specific ones. You could do s- defensive ones, um, ones that uh, you have trouble with attacking, checkmate in two, checkmate in one. Whatever you're having trouble with that you can get fast enough in one minute, Just do a tactic puzzle on it and you'll be fine. Just do like five tactic puzzles each day because at the end of the year, you could be a beast. You could be really good at this. Okay, second thing, gain experience in playing a whole bunch of Blitz games. Now, I don't mean just play a whole bunch of Blitz games without looking over those Blitz games. And that was going to be my third step, analyze all your games afterwards. You need that experience. You need that experience playing under time pressure, playing with that increment, your opponent playing with that increment or like without the increment. But you need to analyze all those games afterwards. And that's where the real experience comes in. Because let's say you was playing a blitz game and then you fall for some simple um, tactic like a fork or a pin and they took advantage of the pin or you fell for a skewer. And you might be thinking, oh, that's just one thing that I just didn't see. That's just one thing that my brain just didn't allow me to see at that moment because I was low on time. Boy, you had one minute to think about it. Stop saying excuses. Be positive about it. Own up for what you did a mistake about. Why didn't you see that skewer? Because you needed more practice in doing that. So you needed, So you need to take your games seriously. Analyze them. You miss them for a reason. And especially um, one thing, one excuse that I used to say all the time when I'm playing a Blitz game. Oh, snap. Um, uh, I just, I just sacrificed my queen. <laughs> and it wasn't a sacrifice. I really just put my queen on a spot where it could just be taken. And then I used to excuse, oh, I'm just rusty. I haven't been playing chess for a, for a while. This is H1. I haven't been playing chess for a while. I'm cool. I, you know, I just... I'm just going to play a bunch more games and then get better. But you need to actually hone in on that mistake. Figure out why you psychologically let go of your girl. And then don't do it again in your next game. That's the best way to improve. In Blitz and in Classical, which we're going to talk about too. Because it's more in-depth in depth Classical. Okay, the fourth, thing, the fourth thing, right? Manage your time efficiently. Manage your time officially, especially in blitz. So I was um, there's this one book that I was reading, and it said uh, it should be at least 30 seconds in the opening. Uh, let's just go. Let's just go by um, three plus two, maybe. Okay, let's just go by that because it will get more complicated in five plus three. I don't know. So if we was playing a game that was three plus two. It should be 30 seconds in the opening, one minute and 30 seconds in the middle game, and then one minute in the end game. And that could be a little bit more flexible. It doesn't have to be very exact, but maybe by me making that more exact in your head, you could be thinking, oh, okay, now I have an idea of what to do more uh, officially. Some people like schedules and things of that nature, but you should know your opening Take time in the middle game because that's when you're supposed to be getting a winning advantage in the middle game, a winning position, so that when you you go through the end game, you know how to win more efficiently. Like You know how to uh, have more time to get the job done. And that's what your goal is. Let's say you mess it up and you spend two minutes on the opening and then you have one minute left to do the whole middle game and end game. Have you ever studied the end game before? Like practical positions in the end game, it is really hard, <laughs> especially the middle game, because you're supposed to be using all of your energy to overwhelm your opponent with all your activity. But if you don't have enough time to figure out your best candidate moves, or to calculate, or to maybe if you have time to blunder check, then. It's all for nothing. Everything that you did in the opening was for nothing. Okay? So it is better to just manage your time efficiently. The last thing, know that you don't have to do the best move every move. You do not have to do the best move on every single move. Okay? Let me explain. I'm not saying to do some garbo move in the middle. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it is important to do, like, especially when you're getting down on time, maybe the second best move. It doesn't have to be the best move. Save that for classical. But when you're in blitz, it doesn't have to be the best move. Learn from the best. Hikaru Nakamura. He's one of the best blitz players ever. If you see him playing blitz, he doesn't play the accurate best move all the time in blitz. Magnus Carlsen, another one. Another person who doesn't play the best moves. But you can see that they still have a concrete idea of what they're trying to do. A concrete strategy, a concrete tactic of what they're trying to do. Just know. We, as humans, who have a brain, who is imperfect, (laughs) our brains don't give us the best move. We can never be like computers. We can't calculate things. We don't see the chessboard as ones and os. We see the chessboard like a human with principles and ideas. And sometimes it is okay not to find the best move. Don't spend your whole time trying to find the best move in the opening. And if it's not important in the middle game, don't spend your best move just trying to, especially when, like, there was one experience that I had. I was trying to finesse my opponent at the end game. It was equal, rook, three pawns, rook, three pawns. And it got a little bit more difficult than it seemed. And then I was just taking so much time trying to figure out the best move when, I was low on time. I could have just slid the rook over and the position would have stayed completely the same and then I could have thought on my opponent's move. But no, H1 at that time didn't have the experience that I had now. (laughs) So remember those five things and let me repeat them. Do a lot of tactic puzzles, gain experience in playing a whole bunch of blitz games and then analyze all your games afterwards. Not just the ones that you win, But all of the games, manage your time efficiently, and know that you do not have to find the best move on every single move, especially in a Blitz game. Okay, the next segment we will talk about classical games, what to do then. So, it's time to get down to business again, talking about classical games. What is classical games? What what are they? What is the classical time control? Well, the classical time control, the majority of the time with these major events, it is 90 minutes for the first 40 moves, then followed by 30 minutes for the rest of the game with an additional 30 seconds per move, starting from move one. Now... That is different from online chess. Because online chess, classical games, is anything more than 30 minutes. And it doesn't even have to have an increment on it. So, online chess, classical games. Man, it's been hard. It's been hard trying to promote classical games online. Because it's been difficult. And the only thing that has been difficult... When I've been playing online games, it's just knowing that there are some disgusting people on the other side. Not everybody, because I have a positive outlook at all times. And even, and even if somebody is cheating, I can still learn from it. And I don't take things that seriously. Even if there was a a super odd computer move. Like, who goes to Knight H1? If I see a move like that, I'm going to be like, nah, he's cheating. (laughs) But it's not always the case. Because sometimes the case is that the other person is just better than you. And it's hard for our minds to try to seek that in. It's really hard for our minds to try to seek that in. And that's why just focus on calculating afterwards. Plus... There's another thing that is wrong, that is so wrong with playing classical games online, is that I can't stay focused on the board for that long. Like, because you're, you're at a computer, and I got better with it since the whole illness and whatnot, but when you're on a computer and you're trying to focus on a 30-minute game, first of all, you're supposed to have like two hours. Just, just clear those two hours, because you're going to be playing this classical game And second of all, since I have a kid and a family now, it is impossible to try to get a classical game in online. One of the latest classical games I've tried to play online, I was playing a game. I was doing pretty good. Move six. I was going in. And then I found myself get distracted. My daughter, she hits me on the leg. I take care of her, put a diaper on her lose 5 minutes. I'm like, "Oh snap, play a move just to just to manage my time efficiently." And then I found out, "Oh snap, that that is not that is not the right move. That is not the right move at all." So, I lost that game out the opening. My focus at home is horrible. Now, let's get to the classical part in-person, in-person tournaments, which I enjoy a lot more because not only do I get to focus on an actual 3D board, but I get to look at a person and actually see, oh snap, they're not cheating. They're actually thinking about the game. <laughs> it gives me peace of mind that we are battling mind to mind. Okay. And that just, like, it, it makes me more comfortable, ready for the battle, and I know personally that in classical in-person games, um, your opponent does way more stronger moves with more time. And then I'm like, okay, okay, cool. I got to work this out other than blitz games. But yeah, that's my experience playing classical games. I haven't played a lot online, but I played a lot in person. I played against a 10-year-old a 10-year-old, which was really good. I've seen 10-year-olds play classical games is, is really good, <laughs> that are really good. There was this, I was. I went to this tournament one time. This 10-year-old was 1926, specifically 1926. And I was like, wow, that is crazy. Because at the time, I was just now playing classical games as, well, as a high schooler, and I was only 1,500. And then I was like, oh, snap. Okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. I get to see all these classical games. And when you're looking at classical games in person in a tournament, you get to see all these beautiful positions, all these imbalances, dynamic playing um, type of chess games. And it's like, wow, that's cool. That's that's dope. That's awesome. So, yeah, that's, that's classical games. And let's get to the next segment, talking about how we can improve in our classical games. Hey, H1 is here and we are going to get down to business and I'm about to show you how to better your classical games. And it might be the same as the blitz section, but I'm about to dive more deeper into these principles. Okay, so first of all, do more practical puzzles. What is the difference from doing more tactical um, puzzles than practical puzzles? What What is the big difference? When you put the word practical before it, that means that the puzzles came from real actual grandmaster games. And with these real actual grandmaster games, it's not just gonna be a simple checkmated two type of puzzle. No, it's gonna be some strategic theme or a tactic after four moves a strong puzzle. Maybe it's a formation that you're supposed to do to attack your opponent's king. It could be something deeper. So this is what you're supposed to do if you get a position like this. You practice like this. You get a chessboard out, put the position on the chessboard or on your laptop, phone, whatever. Get out a pen, get out some paper, then write down the exact positions write down the variations and you know the thought process so first of all figure out your opponent's threat then write down your candidate moves and then go down the variations of the forcing lines your checks captures threats and make sure that they're all good make sure that you're not missing anything Okay, and you write down all these variations, write down each one of your opponent's responses that is with the forcing line, because your opponent could have that check that you didn't see or that capture that you might need to take note of. And then after you figure out the right set of moves, think about or meditate on the main principle you can take away from the puzzle. So after you figure out the answer, Think about the main principle you can take away from the puzzle because once you figure out the subject of the puzzle, that's the thing that's going to stay in your head in in the next game that you play. So I recommend these set of steps because one thing that boggled me the most was my opponent finding accurate moves and always knowing my plan when playing chess. And this can be, um, when I was having this problem, this can be in. 1400, oh, 1,400 rating, 1,000 rating, and some people are really better at classical than they are in blitz and bullet. So in classical, it has to be more in depth, more everything in classical. is double the knowledge, so you have to take it more seriously. The second thing, the more classical games you play, the better you will become in chess overall. Self-explanatory. You got to play more classical games, more tournaments, more USCF rated tournaments, serious tournaments. You have to face stronger opponents. And once you face stronger opponents, then you know how you're supposed to think. You know what plans you're supposed to come up with. And you figure out how to stump your stronger opponents. Face them with all confidence. And then... If you lose against somebody in a classical tournament, you know what to do. Learn from your mistakes. Learn from your classical games than any other time control. Because the classical games, there is always a reason why you made that mistake. There's no mis- there's no honest thing that you can just switch up super fast. Let's say that you actually put your piece on an undefended square... And then you lost something that quickly in a classical game where you had an hour extra of time. That means that something wasn't right. You didn't wait long enough. You wasn't patient. You didn't see your opponent's threat. Something was off in your thought process. You have to make sure that you're learning from your mistakes so you do not do it again. And then a classical more than any other time control Oh man, you have to know your openings. And I don't mean memorizing openings, memorizing moves. I mean understanding what the position calls for, even after the opening. You don't want to be thinking about what the position calls for once you get there after the opening. You want to already know these variations. And then the last step, which we talked about in Blitz, use your time wisely because one example that I had, I went to a USCF tournament, and this kid, I was older than him, and I was about, um, I was about in middle school, and they was a, a ten or nine or eleven. They used up all their time in classical time control. They used up an hour and a half just thinking about a move in the middle game. And they lost on time. So you could get deeply into it, but you do not want to do that. You have to manage your time wisely, even in classical. And you might be like, well, it's really fun to think about all the variations that I can do, all the candidate moves. Well, when you're running out of time, there's always a set of time that you're supposed to put on yourself. Usually people say five minutes or 10 minutes. Nothing should go longer than 10 minutes. And when you get down in time, go a little bit faster. But if it is a decisive moment, take all the time needed because if the position is going to change drastically, you need to do the best move. But do not waste All your time trying to do the best move, especially if you don't have a a 30 second increment or 15 second increment. You do not want to do that, especially with no increment. You need to use your time wisely. This is the waiting room segment. Chess quotes by H1. And the quote of today is, Classical will increase your chess skills. But Blitz is the most fun. Thank you for listening. Now, let's talk about what are the main differences that I've noticed between these two time patrols. And one of the main differences that I've noticed, my first thing, and it might be obvious, you know, H1 might be talking about some obvious things, but it's good things to consider is that in classical, you have to take your moves more seriously. And you do in blitz, but it's a different thought process. For example, when you're going over a decisive move, a decisive move that could change the whole game. In Speed Chess, you look for a simple idea um, that can keep the position calm and you have that winning advantage, maybe, hopefully. But in Classical, you really have to consider each one of your opponent's threats, each one of your opponent's plans, and, and consider all of your candidate moves, calculate, and then make sure you blunder check afterwards. And that's why people say, That it is bad to transition from speed chess to classical because you do not want to treat speed chess like Blitz and Bullet like a classical game. That's the worst thing to do. Now, the second thing in classical chess, they have more time to see your ideas, so you have to counter a lot more often than usual and you're more mindful of it. Blitz, on the other hand, you do see this happen, but sometimes. It's not the most accurate move used to counter your idea because of the time control, because you don't have enough time to think about the most accurate move. And, and think about that, you know, you might be able to get away with a lot more stuff in blitz than you are in classical because your opponent has that much time to think about, ah, that's an inaccuracy. Let me take care of that point to advantage that you just allowed me to get. Okay. Another thing is you're more inclined to deal with time control and blitz than in classical. So in blitz, your intuition has to somewhat be sharp to win more games under pressure. In classical, your intuition has to be sharp too when you get down in time control but in blitz it really has to be on point because most of the time you're going to be going through time pressure most of the time and there are those rare cases where (laughs) you're winning out the opening or you get that one fork in the middle game and it's like oh this is easy you know no pressure the pressure is already lifted lift the boulders off the shoulders we're good we're gucci we're good But, you know, yeah, that that just cleared my point. You know, you need more intuition in Blitz um, than classical. In classical, you can calculate a lot more. Another thing, um, what is this, the fourth one? Usually in classical tournaments, you play one or two games a day. In Blitz tournaments, it's a lot more than that. So in competitive tournaments, I've seen um, Super GMs, they play like one game of a of a classical time control um if the tournament is just classical games but if it's a blitz tournament then they play like up to five to ten games per day and it's like three three days full of 10 blitz games is is crazy it's crazy but it is done it's possible i've seen it it's crazy um what are we on to the fifth thing one thing they both have in common is you have to know your openings it's two different situations but on both situations you have to know your openings because in classical you have to be sharp in your openings and if you have a bad position out the opening then you're going to be suffering for the rest of the hour in blitz you have to be confident in your opening and know what you're doing understand the position because you have to do it fast enough um, so that you can keep up with your opponent, especially if they know the opening too. Sixth thing that I've noticed, you don't have to play the best move all the time in blitz but in classical games uh, an inaccuracy can cost you the whole game and I've seen it, especially when Magnus Carlsen plays people in, in the end game and then they do one simple inaccuracy, which was a completely drawn position but Magnus Carlsen still gets a win afterwards. Yeah, I've seen it. Everybody's seen it. Let's continue. So (laughs) the next one, in classical games, you have to take more time to consider different candidate moves. But Blitz, you don't want to, you want to manage your time more efficiently. So maybe see about two or three and you'll be fine. And that just brings... That just brings on the thought process too. So the thought process is different with both time controls because in classical you have to take the time to figure out your opponent's plan, find candidate moves, calculate, blunder check, and things of this nature. But in blitz, you have to do this process, but the catch the calculation has to be minimized. <laughs> Dang it, I can't even talk right now. Let me just say let me just say that one more time. So in Blitz. You have to do this process, but the calculation has to be minimized in decisive positions. And especially, like, you rarely blunder check. In my blitz games, I rarely blunder check because I don't want to use that extra two seconds or three seconds to make sure that I'm doing the right move. But if you have time to do it, definitely do it. But, you know, you can throw that blunder check um, step out the water, you know, just throw it away. But other than those, and I'm pretty sure you all who are listening, you can think of a lot more. But you know what? If you if you think of a lot more than what I thought about, just message me. Just message me on Instagram, and we can talk about it. How about that? Because I'm always on there, and I always know when you're messaging me, just ask other people. And you can put it into Facebook. How about that? You know? It, it just confirm if you listen to the whole podcast, just put one one more other than what i said about the differences between blitz and classical time controls and the facebook group so that we can get that popping okay um other than that that's it let's get to the next segment this far thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you man it was a mouthful to get all that information out but I did for you all for the H1 fam <laughs> oh man it was it was so fun doing this and plus it was fun to be on the Instagram live too um, doing this too so you know just to put that plug in <laughs> But anyway, I'm proud of all of you for getting this far. If you want to be notified on each one of these podcast episodes, please follow here on whatever you're listening to this on—the Apple Podcast, Spotify, etc. All of you, because I I love every single one of you who is listening. Um, other than that, yeah. Wait until next week. We're gonna run it back with another episode, and let's just continue this train because, man, I like this fourth season. I think it's the best one yet, so I'm excited. I'm excited to put this out there. Okay, peace!